0: For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today.
1: Living Corporate is brought to you by Doximity. Doximity helps over 2 million medical professionals. We are the largest medical network that includes over 80 percent of physicians and over 50 percent of physician assistants and nurse practitioners. We don't take that responsibility lightly and committed to working towards a more equitable world inside and beyond our virtual office walls. If you want to learn more about Doximity, check out your app store at D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. That's D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. What's up, y'all? This is Zach with Living Corporate. And wow. Um, let me just say, I am so excited and thankful for the reception that the new website is getting. I'm seeing a lot of clicks, a lot of views on the site. That's really exciting. Like, for real. Like To see people engage with our platform in this way um, is encouraging and affirming to what we thought would happen and what our hopes would be, right? So... I'm excited about that. If you haven't already heard our website, is completely relaunched living corporate, living dash corporate.com corporate.co, corporate.com corporate.org corporate.tv corporate.net living corporate.us. You know what I'm saying? Like all the living corpus besides living corporate.com. But if you type in living dash corporate, please say the dash.com living corporate.com. And if you haven't already, you're going to be greeted with headline carousel of our, dopest pods you're going to be offered um, an opportunity to log in and create a profile select your interest and then have a custom really curated really bespoke experience based on the, the topics that you're interested in and that really mobilizes me like that that gets me going as it pertains to like where we're at as a as a network as a company because we have so much content in our library. That we now can just push recommendations to you from our library. Of course, our search function is very robust. So if you type in whatever, (laughs) you're going to get content back. But I'm excited about Living Corp. I'm excited about the jobs that we're posting on our job board. I'm excited about the fact that we have um, all kinds of dope careers. All within or mostly within STEM. um, Some within the cannabis industry. Shout out Madison Butler. Shout out Graph. Um, I'm excited just about the fact that we're creating opportunities. It's really sad, like, to be honest, right? Like I've reached out to a couple of people and then I'm excited about the partnerships we continue to build. I forget though that like for a lot of people, this work is a means to make money and like living corporate, we make money. It's a company. It's a for-profit company. We're not a nonprofit right now. But ultimately my goal is to create and provide resource to people right it's just that things cost because we live in a capitalist society so yes we have to make money to pay our bills I have a team they need to get paid Um, we have resources this website costs money things cost money but it's wild like I've reached out to certain people and I'm not going to blast them today about like hey you have this whole like network of like (laughs) black students over here or hey you have this network of businesses over here can we work together because I have resources and I promise y'all somebody literally one who said they supported me and said, I'm cheering you on. I support you. I applaud you. I think you're doing a great job. I think you're doing great work. And I was like, okay, so then why are you so nasty on this call? They said, well, if I help you, then, you know, the companies that are in my network, they'll, they'll pivot away from you and they'll pivot away from me and work with you. And I was like, huh? First of all, that scarcity mindset is gross. And then two, no, they won't. We're not doing the same thing. They're cutting me off. They're trying to tell me they trying to tell me all this, how you know, telling me how I work and telling me what my motivations are. I was like, wow, OK, listen, you have this whole population over here. I just want people to get the content. Right, that's why, like, living corporate, we don't even believe in like making money off of individuals. We only, you see, you hear the ads and stuff we're doing. You see how we're working. We're a B2B company. We don't sell to consumers, right? That's why all the content you'll ever get here will be free. If you're listening to this as an individual, all this content, like creating a profile, is free, right? Our library is free. Our job board is free. Everything for the individual is free. Yes, we charge companies multi who are worth billions of dollars they got the money right and they need to pay because they need to honor black and brown labor but man like to talk to people who are out here with these websites and this facade they really care about black and brown folks but then like get really 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 defensive or territorial or outright nasty when you ask and explore ask to explore ways to work together is just it's bizarre and it's a serious turnoff. And so I just want y'all to know, like our mission is first, right? I believe that if your mission and your purpose is righteous, then God will take care of the rest. Like, that's just what I believe. And may, maybe y'all don't you know what I'm saying. Like, there's probably people listening to that may roll their eyes. But I do. I believe if your mission is righteous, if you're and if you're consistent and diligent in what you're trying to do and you don't give up, I believe things will work out. And they continue to work out for corporate. So again, I just want to thank y'all, give y'all a little bit of behind the scenes because it was weird. I'm probably going to end up talking about it more in depth eventually, but that just so that just happened like about a a week or so ago. And so it's still fresh in my mind of like, man, okay, this job board piece, like people are really threatened by that. And I'm like, yo, we're never really going to be straight up. We're never going to be like primarily a job placement company. That's not a thing. We're a media company. We create resources for people. So that's what we're always going to be about. We're going to be a resource. I just think it's logical and smart to have a job board because we we attract thousands of people to our website and to our podcast every day. So, yeah. It makes sense that like, if you're going to be over here, you might as well also be able to look at some jobs from brands that I actually trust because I know the people over there, right? And I don't trust a lot of people. I have trust issues to this day. I'm gonna go to therapy every week. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I just, just for y'all to understand like the motive and the mission and the heart behind the platform itself and where we're at and where we're going, right? Like you should expect to see more jobs on the job board. You should expect to continue to hear more incredible content that's frank that's relevant um, and that's impactful to like the world in which we live and so to all that being said today we have an incredible interview with nikki freed nikki freed is a democrat running in a primary against charlie christ um and for those in florida so for those who don't know i know we got our floridians out there so y'all hopefully are paying attention to what's going on in your state florida's on fire and um they reached out to me on dm and i was like yo what's up because you know they you know the politicians they hit you up on dm um to be like with the mass messages hey can you da 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 da," whatever and i was like oh snap i see you know we actually have people who listen from florida if you want to come through and they were like that'd be great so they came by and we had a really great conversation i'm really excited about y'all checking in this is not no like paid political ad or nothing like that i don't we don't do that we don't collect money from politicians um I'm really in support of Nikki Fried's platform. And frankly, anything to like challenge uh, white supremacist power structures, Living Corporate's always going to be there. Like, we're always going to be trying to figure out a way to be in that mix. And when I look at Nikki Fried's platform, and when we at Living Corporate look at Nikki Fried's platform, we are um, excited and comforted by some of the things that uh, she's promoting especially when we look at their opponent. And you'll hear a little bit more about that, like in the actual interview. So this is not uh, going to be some extra conversation. We're about to have a conversation with Nikki Fried in a minute. But I want to let you all know what's going on. Um, and, I, and the reason why the title is it's not politics as usual is because it's not right. And like we talk about it a bit like in the conversation. But I'll say, like, I'm really disillusioned with just voting right now. I am. I'm going to vote. Um, but this whole idea of like every time there's something wrong, like, Hey, keep voting. And it's like, well, no, y'all got to do something. Like we're looking at the world, like literally crumble right now. We got two people, um, in the democratic party cinema and Joe Manchin, uh, basically just w- folks just letting them just do whatever. And I'm like, yo, like this is nuts. Like y'all, y'all have, we have to make this happen now. Like folks are taking away rights. We can't, are they're, they're uh, diluting our vote voting power. Um, just i don't it's it's frustrating it's frustrating to be an american period but certainly it's frustrating um you know for someone who was taught to believe in the democratic process and you just continue to grow and learn you realize that like how democratic are we really if everyone doesn't have equal access to vote if everyone's vote doesn't count the same and if frankly we have two parties um one of which is actively pushing us to a theocracy a fascist theocracy and the other one's kind of like tweeting about it it's like yo somebody has to do something and so i i hope that if you're listening to this that um you realize that voting is one of the most passive things you can do but it is something you can do and it does have value and it does matter Um, and if it um you know again it's challenging even as i say that cuz i'm so disillusioned right i really am i'm really disillusioned with this process as i just look around the world it's like like what else has to happen for folks to really treat this like an emergency like the world is actively on fire and our nation is crumbling to pieces it's just ridiculous anyway <laughs> with that super warm note we're going to tap in with tristan <laughs> and then you're going to come back and hear this conversation i had with nikki free i'll talk to you soon This episode of Live in Corporate is brought to you by Blind. Blind is a trusted community of more than 5 million verified professionals. On Blind, professionals connect and have honest discussions about salaries and what it's really like to work at or interview with a company. You can also join your private company channel to have a candid and safe conversation with your coworkers about what's really going on. And because it's anonymous, you can be honest and trust what you read. Check out teamblind.com to get the latest insights and the answers to your workplace questions. When you're building a culture of belonging, every word counts. That's why Textio brings the world's most advanced language insights into your hiring and employer brand content. Our industry-leading approach to artificial intelligence and machine learning provides the tools needed to find more diverse candidates. In short, Textio builds more equitable workspaces, guiding businesses and writing more inclusive job posts. And we're building on that success by bringing even more products to the market for all people who share our belief that language matters. Words have power. And at Textio, we harness that power to increase the access and availability of value driven work for everyone.
2: What's going on, Living Corporate? It's Tristan, and I want to thank you for tapping back in with me as I provide some tips and advice for professionals. Today, let's discuss a couple of signs that you're selling yourself short in your career. Have you ever told yourself that you don't want to come off as arrogant, cocky, or overconfident? If so, you might be selling yourself short. Sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it, and other times you might do it because you think it's what you're supposed to do. Either way, each time you sell yourself short, you hold up your career progress. So let's talk about a few signs that you're selling yourself short in your career. First, you don't see anything remarkable about your experience while others find your career interesting. Often, when our experience is diverse or different, we tend to think it's inferior. We start assuming that all the other job candidates are a better fit. Then we begin to lowball ourselves when applying for jobs because we think they'll be easier to get, even though we know we're qualified and ready to go to the next level. Or even worse, we begin to convince ourselves that we should stay at a job that makes us unhappy thinking that we can't do any better than what we've got. Next, you begin to overthink and assume the worst outcomes. Many of us have a fear of rejection and humiliation. These fears can lead to you not sharing ideas in meetings because you're afraid you might suggest something stupid or waste people's time. It can also lead to you simply going with the flow and never advocating for yourself and your needs because you want to ensure everyone else around you is comfortable. Another telltale sign is if you try to avoid talking about yourself, your qualifications, and your accomplishments, or you deflect when someone gives you a compliment or praise. If you spend most of your conversations trying to only talk about the other person or downplaying what you've done, then you begin to believe your skills, abilities, and accomplishments aren't worth mentioning or celebrating. The last sign I will mention is that you don't negotiate salary offers because you are just grateful to receive the opportunity. If you've ever just taken a lowball offer because you're just thankful to get your foot in the door, you may not think you're worth more than what they offered. If you've experienced any of these, then you may be selling yourself short in your career. I suggest you speak with a career coach or maybe even a therapist to work through some of these things. Many people believe that being humble and confident can't exist in the same plane when they absolutely can. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn.
1: Live in Corporate is brought to you by Doximity. Doximity is committed to fostering an inclusive and diverse work environment where differences are valued, practices are equitable, and employees experience a sense of belonging that allows them to bring their full, authentic selves daily. As medicine's largest network, there's an elevated level of responsibility to everything we do. We don't take that responsibility lightly and are committed to working towards a more equitable world inside and beyond our virtual office walls. So if you want to learn more about Doximity, go to your app store and type in D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. Again, that's D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. This episode of Living Corporate is brought to you by Blind. Blind is a trusted community of more than 5 million verified professionals from startups to some of the largest companies in the world like Amazon, Deloitte, Ernst & Young, Goldman Sachs, Google, J.P. Morgan, Meta, and more. Blind's mission of transparency seeks to break down professional barriers and silos at work so that you can make productive change and advance your career. It's a safe space to ask questions and get the real-time insights and perspectives from people who know what you've been through. On Blind, you can connect and have honest discussions about everything from compensation, company culture, performance reviews, promotions, and more. You can also join your exclusive private company channel to chat with your coworkers about company policies and what's really going on at work. And because it's anonymous, you can be honest and trust what you read on Blind. Download and install Blind from the App Store or visit teamblind.com to get access to the latest salary, company reviews, and interview experiences thousands of companies worldwide. Nikki Freed, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. Now, look, let's get right to it. All right. You're running for floor, the governor for Florida, Florida. I I have to ask you why. Like, why?
3: <laughs> you know, my mother asked me the same question on a pretty consistent basis. <laughs> my mother is like, when I first ran in 2018, my mom said, are you bored? Do we need to find you like a new hobby. Um, but but no, and in all seriousness, I love my state. Um, I love the people here. I was born and raised. And I, as a member of our Florida cabinet, our only statewide elected Democrat since uh, Barack in 2012 took our state, I just couldn't sit back and watch what this guy's been doing, you know, dividing our state, these culture wars, making people angry. I mean, people don't want to be involved in politics right now because it's so divisive and there's so much hatred. And I just couldn't sit back. I hear the stories of people all over the state of Florida. In fact, earlier today, I was in Orlando and I was welcomed into a home of a young lady who's about to take the bar next week and her brother. She owns and her brother rents. And they're both telling me the stories of how how bad things are right now you know, she can't afford her property insurance and property taxes. He can't afford the the new increase of his rent. People are hurting out here. And I just couldn't sit back and watch. I had to get into the arena, uh, take on this guy and and, and hope that the people of our states and work around the clock, listen to our message and and vote for us in November.
1: Well, you know, I mean, that, that really leads me well into the next question, which is like, How do you know that you're mentally and emotionally prepared to engage the chaos (laughs) that is Florida right now as governor?
3: Well, mentally, I have been ready for this fight my whole life. Um, When I was growing up in Miami, I was doing soup kitchens and Habitat for Humanity. Um, I went to the University of Florida for any of my gators out there. um, Where I was, I went to undergrad master's law degree. I was student body president um, my last year. Uh, I've been a public defender. I fought for our homeowners um, during the foreclosure crisis. I um, fought for our foster care kids. I have just always been a fighter. Um, for good and stepping up for for people. And now as our only statewide elected Democrat in that cabinet meeting, DeSantis and I go head to head on a pretty normal basis. Um, So I'm used to that fight. Um, but look, no one is ever prepared for something like this. No matter how much you work, no matter how much you train, like a marathon. Um, when when that when that buzzer goes off and you are off to the races, that the adrenaline pumps, and you no matter how much you prepare, you hope that that you know the muscle memory kicks in, um, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Um, I am a workhorse. Uh, things don't slow me down, and and this will will be one of those one of those events that I will never forget. And, but
1: we're ready. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about the diversity of Florida. Frankly, it's one of the most unique states in this country. You yeah. have uh, Black Americans, Haitian Americans, you have a uh, significant queer population, very diverse uh, Latinx population. Um, you know, like, How is your platform inclusive of all of the needs, of, or rather, how is your platform inclusive of the needs of all Floridian constituents? Is that even possible?
3: Of course it's possible. You know, because when when we first announced uh, that I was running for governor, I did tours all over our state. Um, I have this notebook uh, that I was writing down notes in all of my, what we call them, Nikki Scucha, Nikki Listens Tour. And we went from all over the state, um, down from Key West to Jacksonville, Panhandle, and everywhere in between. And we sat down with all the different communities. Uh, We sat down with the black community. We sat down with the Haitian community. Uh, We sat down with the Cuban community, the Venezuelan community, Colombian community, Jewish community, Muslim community, you name it. And and we listened, Um, we listened. And it wasn't me telling people what they should think or what they should feel. I said, talk to me. Tell me what is happening on the ground in your communities. Tell me what was going on. And so based on those conversations, seniors, you you name it, veterans, we created a platform that is our platform. Um, it's the people's platform. And I really was an opportunity to say, okay, the things that are really hurting people in our state are really kind of one in the same. Most of it deals with affordability. Uh, most of it deals with people not being able to afford their rent and their mortgages or their gas or their food or um, even college. Our seniors are, are having a really, really difficult time um, paying for the bare necessities and so we kind of created and of course there's going to be certain things that that hit different communities more we're creating a a one billion dollar um rebate for our seniors that doesn't affect every other community but we also have a a very strong black platform that targets really the black community of generational wealth uh really trying to look at ways um, to lift up communities find opportunities to to do regional councils and entrepreneurship and getting more money into our, our small businesses and for the Hispanic community, a lot of it there's language barriers sometimes when they come into our, our state and finding making sure that we're doing things in both English and Spanish or Creole if you're just coming over from Haiti. And, and so the platform really is the people's platform. And, and so I know that based on the things that I was hearing, the things that we put out, um, you know, we we know that we've got the right the right the right goods to get things accomplished for the people of our state.
1: You know, um, now I, I have to talk about. Uh, I want to read a quote from me from another interview uh, where you were talking about uh, Charlie Crist and so I'm going to read it then I have a follow up so uh, the quote goes as Republicans hate Charlie, independents don't trust Charlie and Charlie can't mobilize our base we will actually see the largest Democratic loss in Florida's history if Charlie's the top of the ticket and he'll put all, he'll put, pull down everybody else. The fact that he says don't worry about my past record, I've got black friends tells you that he's not ready for this moment and that he hasn't evolved that he doesn't understand what he did so clearly, you got a lot of smoke for Charlie Crist. Um, and frankly, I love it. I mean, I guess before I ask my my first question, is do you have anything else you'd like to add? Like, would you like to add to this smoke report? Like, I'm here. Anything else you'd like to say about Charlie Crist right now?
3: Yeah. You know, we, we, we just had a debate. Uh, we had, we're, fresh, so we're fresh off the debate stage from yesterday. And so if you, if you haven't seen it, you might want to go. And, you know, I hit Charlie, and people were like, oh my God, you were too strong on him. I was like, Did I say anything infactual? Did I say anything that was incorrect? You know, the fact is Charlie was a Republican for most of his career. And so during that time, he passed legislation that hurt people. You know, he was very, you know, he had one of the hardest crime bills that he passed when he was a state senator, um, putting the 85% mandatory sentencing requirements in place. People are still to this day sitting in jail and prison because of laws that he passed. He walked into the Senate chamber saying, we gotta put chains back on the on our prisoners and held up a chain. That's how he got his name, Chain Gang Charlie. Um, and, and we saw even a story last week hit where he was asked about it. And he's like, well, crime was really high. And so we had to do something. So that tells you if crime was really high again, where his mind is, that he would do it again. And instead of recognizing, okay, well, let's get to the bottom of why crime is so high. Let's go and figure out that it's because, look, we've got a lot of poverty in certain communities and we got to go and invest in those communities. Um, That's not his position today. Today, we're talking about Roe v. Wade. And he's like, I've always been on the side of women. I've always been pro-choice. I don't know what record he's talking about, but that ain't not, that is so far from the case. You know, the justices that are sitting in our Supreme Court today, today, not only refuse to hear the congressional maps that took away two black co- members of Congress seats, but also is going to overturn the right to privacy. That is on. Charlie, that is his legacy and the fact that he won't even address it today. I mean, we can keep going back and forth. Um, you know, he gutted the Affordable Trust Fund and in the debate when I called them out for it, he was like, well, Nikki, we were in the greatest recession and I had to make really tough decisions and I, it was either saving 20,000 school teachers or, or cutting the, the affordable trust to find out that $20,000 teacher save actually was coming from the federal government. The federal government sent money down for those teachers. So, again, he's not even remorseful the fact that we have a housing shortage today because of decisions he made. So my concern and problem is he's not even willing to to, to talk about his past and say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I have heard the stories I've evolved, including on even guns. You know, he's like, I've got, you know, an F rating from the NRA. But for 25 years, you had an A plus rating. In fact, you even put the head of the NRA in the Women's Hall of Fame. You know, you were considered their their do boy. So you can't erase that. You have to either own it, accept it and say that you've changed. But the fact is, um, he refused to even accept any of the premises of my attacks and then, you know, called me desperate um, because of my attacks on him. And in fact, the only the only thing the only person who was desperate on that stage was actually Charlie for the amount of times that he's run and lost. Um, but so I, I got I can keep going, but uh, I'm sure you got more questions.
1: I agree. I mean, and I get it. That's why you're on this platform. Excited. For me. It's just like because I heard. So one thing I'm going to give you space to like to like double down on um, and double clarify. Uh, you miss you. I believe you had a moment where you misspoke about uh, your stance on um, on women's bodily autonomy. Um, and you know, he, tried to, he tried to pounce on that. Would you like to talk a little bit about that?
3: Sure, so I was doing an opening at the debate last night. And, and first of all, this is my first debate, like on a major stage, recognizing the importance of this debate and, and the importance of this election. And, and so in my opening, um, I was going through introducing myself to the people of our state, and going through you know, why I am our only choice um, for the august 23rd primary and i did a little slip i was like why i'm I' only choice because i've been pro and i said life um again that was you know we're human sometimes we make mistakes um of course i have never been pro-life i have been pro-choice my entire life um and then charlie tried to be condescending on his answer to that and be like nikki i'm sure you meant pro-choice me too and, and it's just like charlie it, yeah, I, I get it, I, I made it a Freudian slip for a second, um, because I was excited to have finally our first and only debate, and I made a slight slip, corrected it very quickly in my, re, in my rebuttal on that, and then never missed a beat um, the rest of the debate. Um, so got the nerves out of the way. But of course, when it comes to women's reproductive health care, um, I have always been on the side of choice. Um, In fact, you know, I have gone out of my way to tell the personal stories of why this is personal to me. And and I've told this now a couple of times, but my grandmother, um, my dad's mom, uh, actually went to Cuba um, to get an abortion. And unfortunately she passed away probably about 10, 15 years ago. But I heard the stories that she had to go to Cuba to get the abortion, it still wasn't safe. And every single month after that, um, she had issues. And and so this is personal. And I've heard other stories of, of other women in my life and so I will continue fighting. And of course, too, here, here's the truth of the matter. We all know that wealthy women will have no problem ever getting a safe abortion. You know, we, have, we know that they will be able to travel to wherever they need to travel to, um, to be able to get it. But it, the women that are gonna hurt um, the most are those who can't afford it. And unfortunately, you know, a lot in our black and brown communities who we already know that there's such a disconnect in our healthcare system and don't trust doctors. And and there's always concerns. And so the people are going to hurt the most are the ones that we should actually be protecting the most. Um, But unfortunately government is failing the people of our state and and our country right now. Um, So I don't think anybody is ever going to question. I may have had a 40 and slip, got that nerves and jitters out. I'm human. Um, Sometimes I make mistakes, Um, but my my record is impeccable when it comes to this issue.
1: You know, let's talk a little bit about like, You know, this is the state of the Democratic Party, like your energy, you know, in this conversation, this interview that we're having right now, in the debate, um, in the in the spots, in the other interviews that I've seen and listened to leading up to this conversation we're having um, has been frank. Uh, I'm curious, like, love to get your perspective, your perspective on the Democratic Party in Florida. And of course, the Democratic Party just as a whole in this nation. And then why you do believe it's so important to be frank in this moment.
3: You have to, because look, I mean, I talk to people all over the state, in the country. People hate politics. Like they hate politics. They hate the divisiveness. They hate that the anger that they see that they're not better off today than they were four years ago, that that famous, you know, question that always gets asked in the debate. Um, And they're tired of this. They're tired of, you know, what happened, you know, after Trump's election and, and just the anger. I mean, now we're having the hearings on January 6th. And people want to stay home and they don't want to get engaged because at the end of the day, like, why vote? And I'm hearing that more and more from especially, you know, 30 and under, you know, why vote? Why does it matter? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's a Democrat, Republican, nothing's getting done. And so it's really important for us to always be well aware of, of what is happening at the moment, what is happening in the party. And, and I've been very critical of our party. Um, both in in statewide as well as across the country, because we're not seeing things working in Washington, D.C. And and Democrats have been consistently losing here in the state of Florida. Um, I have a different vision of how the party needs to be run. Um, I have a different vision of how campaigns need to be run, um, that we focus so much time on on the top of the ticket on the U.S. Senate and the governor's races. But we don't we don't build our bench we don't empower the bottom of the ticket. We don't make sure that resources are going, you know, south, and and we sit in and we bicker amongst ourselves. And 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 I'm it's fine. I'm in a primary like that. That's that, that has to happen. You know that that's part of the democratic process. And I, I mean democratic process with 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 a you know not democratic party, but democratic process it is to be able to to really kind of weed out the issues and make sure that you're putting forth a strong candidate. And when you have a contentious primary, that actually makes you battle-tested. We are up against a guy who who believes that he is next in line to be president of the United States. If we don't have a strong candidate who is going to be able to be battle-tested, be willing to get into that debate stage and throw those punches and land them, we are going to lose. So my concern with the Democratic Party is that we also are very fragmented. Um, I talk to people all over the state and they're they're concerned about their bubble, which is fine, but there feels like there is no unity amongst us. So even when, you know, I'm talking about doing TV commercials down in Miami-Dade, and we know that Miami-Dade is one of the most expensive media markets. Why would I only run commercials only about me or only against DeSantis? Why would I not do TV commercials with the rest of the executive ticket? Why would I not put on there the other Democrats who can't afford to be on TV? And we do some type of commercial that says we are the Democratic Party. This is our message. And and I think that what you're also seeing right now is that people are, are mad they're mad at politics. They're mad at the Democratic Party. They're mad. Why have we not put Roe v. Wade into statutes? Now we're trying to push to get the protection of the LGBTQ plus and right to marriage um, inside of our states, our, state, our, our um, federal statutes. But they're seeing Democrats as not fighters. We just get along to get along. And people's rights are being taken advantage of and being stripped down. We're seeing, you know, congressional maps and, and sure, you see Democrats inside of chambers. You saw the Black Caucus, my God, in Florida, stood their ground and protested on the, on the House floor when those congressional maps were being passed. And in fact, instantaneously, I endorse every one of them. I didn't care if they had primaries, they were running for reelect or another position. I endorsed them all because that's what we need is fight. And people need to see that we're willing to lay it all out there and leave nothing on the field. Leave it all in the field, and so that's why it's so important that I get nominated because I don't think anybody doubts that I'm not a fighter and somebody who's going to stand up and not sit down.
1: No, a hundred percent, and I, I agree. What I was saying is weird in that I, I, I kind of, and I mean, yeah, there are a couple out there in terms of like, AOC says some things, but like, it does seem like the Democratic Party, it's like, yo, do, do y'all actually disagree with the GOP? Because like. Why why are we not being more urgent? And, like, I'm going to say this because this is my platform. And, like, hopefully you see what I mean. It's like, okay, just kind of taking a step back. We're talking about Florida. We're going to get back to Florida in a moment because we're going to talk about education. But, like, to your point, like, cinema and mansion continue to really seemingly, like, really control Biden's entire agenda. And I'm kind of like, well, damn. I mean, I've watched House of Cards a few times. Y'all got to do something. Y'all got to pressure them or make them something. Like, it can't be that he just, y'all just, they just say no. You're like, okay, like y'all are Washington. I'm confident there's a bunch of stuff that y'all do over there that we will never know about. Just do that, go do stuff, like make it happen. And, and like, it creates so much disillusionment for me. And, and we're gonna talk about that as well, but it's just like, like God, like what what is going on? Like what needs to happen for the Democrats to actually govern, right? I I've, I've kind of come to peace with the fact that like, that the GOP, they, they know how to win, but they suck at governing and that the Democrats, they don't only know how to win, but they know how to govern. But like this last, these past couple years, I'm like, well, damn, do y'all know how to win or govern? Cause like, this is just out of control. So uh, let's, let's, let's continue forward though. Let's talk about education. We got to get there. You know, this legislation around educational curriculum is getting slammed by many, but has still found strong footholds amongst white parents, not just in Florida, but we're seeing species of it replicate across uh, the, the United States. What is your position on speaking truthfully about the world? About uh, What is your position on speaking on teachers speaking truthfully about the world around them in schools without persecution? And what do you say to the significant swaths of Floridians who do agree with DeSantis' legislation?
3: You know, I, I think that a lot of parents, like he, he likes to talk a lot. He likes to throw rhetoric around. He likes to, you know, just, he knows what his base wants to hear. And so he really has manipulated the conversation. And so, you know, he, he's really made people under like feel what he feels or what he's saying. And I think that what the problem is going to be is now it's going to go into action. Now we're going to get into a situation where you're going to start seeing more and more books being banned and you're going to see kids coming home and being like, oh, mommy and daddy, did you know that we used to have slavery here? It came from Great Britain and, and it just kind of went away. And parents me like, that's not really what happened. And I think that the more you're starting to see some of that going on, I think people are going to wake up. And, But I think that it's really on, on to us to continue talking about it. And I had um, my niece turned 13 in March, and she, we asked her what she wanted to do for her birthday, and she said, "I want to go to Washington D.C. for Auntie Nikki." And so we took her to Washington D.C. and we did a tour of the Capitol. And inside the Capitol, there's like this video of how the Capitol was built and the history of the Capitol. And we all know, and probably all of your listeners are going to know what I'm about to say: the Capitol was built by slaves. And and I'm sitting here and my stomach starts to turn. I've got my 13-year-old niece to my right. I've got my 10-year-old nephew to my left. And I'm going, oh, my God, are they going to be able to to, to, to learn this in in Florida? And and I'm sitting here going, this is where we're at. And and I think it's going to take more of us to continue talking about this and and to make sure that we're winning elections. Because, look, our history isn't always pretty. Um, And, you know, I come from the Jewish faith you know, the Holocaust happened and 6 million Jews and 6 million others were killed by Hitler and the Nazis. And there were ships that came over from Germany and Poland that came to the United States for for help and for freedom. And we turned around the boats and sent them back. That happens. And I'm not talking about hundreds of years ago, I'm talking about in the lifetime of people that are still alive today. I mean, granted they're very they're, they're older, but that happened in this lifetime. And if we're not going to continue talking about our past, we are going to go repeat it. And that's what my concern is: is that if we continue to whitewash history in American history, we're going to have an electorate that is not educated that are not going to be diverse and not be well-rounded. And we do have not only Florida is, you know, such a diverse state, but our country is the most diverse. You're never going to see another country that has people literally from all over the world living in one place. And if we're not starting to figure out how to relate and interact with one another, um, we're going to go into a very dangerous place in America and it no longer will be a, a place where people are going to want to come to or stay here
1: you know we talked about it a little bit earlier but you know, this season voters are increasingly disillusioned and i mean with the political process as a whole i mean i'm, I'm going to vote nikki but i mean um, i mean you know what i mean like i'm going to and like and i feel like most people i talk to that that's where they're at it's like i'm going to vote but you know so in this season like especially young people and i think about like you know you know 35 and under you know why? Why should they vote for you? You know, on August twenty third, and hopefully in November. Like, what's the what's the impetus for them to vote for you, in light of the lack of progress that we've seen and leadership that we've seen, despite all these record turnouts just for the uh, for the presidential election? Like, what is why? Tell me.
3: Yeah. That's an awesome question, um, and I think that partly I- I'm different. Um, I'm not a career politician. I ran for the first time in 2018. i have been my whole life to service. So it's not like I said, hey, I'm going to go run for office. Let's go talk about these platform issues and say, this is what I'm going to do. And I have been serving for my entire life. You know, like I said, I did soup kitchens and Habitat for when I was in in high school. Um, I was student body president. I was a public defender. All these things that I have done. And even now as Commissioner of Agriculture, you know, we really have done a tremendous job, you know, lifting up separate voices, making sure that we were... We're standing up, we had the first ever diversity and inclusion position inside the Department of Agriculture. Um, We took action. Um, First thing is to expand our anti-discrimination policy inside the department. Having the first LGBTQ plus advocate, um, I've stood up against Ron DeSantis. Um, I can go through a list of things that I've done. So the promises that I make, judge me by my actions, not my by words. Um, And so I think that people need to vote so much in this election One, because there's so much on the line, democracy is literally slipping through our fingers because if we don't figure out a way to get democracy back into our country and into our state, we're in a dangerous path forward where they may never sit another democratic president of the United States if they have their way. And, and And why me? Because I have been serving our people and I'm somebody who gets it, who I understand who wants to do things. I roll up my sleeves every day and say, what else can I do today to make people's lives better? This isn't about me. I can go back and continue practicing law. I can go and, and everybody knows I've been a huge proponent and I'm an advocate for legalization of cannabis. I can go work for a company and go lobby Washington DC for legalization. I'm doing this because I truly fundamentally care about the people of our state. And if we're ever gonna make a statement that we've got to try something new, that we've got to get rid of the old guard, that we've got to get rid of politics as usual, that we need to give a female a chance to do the things that are being promised. We got to get people to vote. And so I am fundamentally different than than Charlie and Ron. One, they're both Republicans. Two, um, that, you know, my other pun against Charlie, I've shown people, I've shown people who I am. Um, I, I have, you know, I, I walk around in flip flops and t-shirts when I'm not having to be at events. Um, I'd rather go sit at, you know, down in Key West and hang out. Um, but I have a calling and, and that is to try to do good and to listen. Um, and it's time for the black community to finally have a return on their vote. You're right, we keep asking the black community to show up and to vote and to vote and vote. We promise this time is gonna be different. We promise you're gonna see fundamental changes to the economic status of our communities. We promise that if we vote, you're gonna have investments into our communities. Promise if we vote, you're gonna see fundamental changes to our, 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 our criminal justice system. Promise if you vote, and we haven't seen it. Um, and all I can say is look at my actions. I have been in the trenches my whole life, and that is why I'm different and will continue to be different.
1: Nikki Freed, uh, this has been our time. I appreciate you. Definitely continue for the show. I definitely appreciate your platform. Excited. Um, And I hope that uh, folks click the links in the show notes. That's right. Click the links in the show notes right now. Learn more about Nikki Free to make sure that you're registered to vote, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, y'all. Like, you know, uh, Orange Commander-in-Chief was saying, what do you have to lose? And then we've been losing a lot. So let's do something, all right? Uh, Nikki, we'll see you in November.
3: Yes, sir. Well, thanks for having me on today.
1: Bye-bye. And we're back, yo! Again, shout out to Nikki Freed. Shout out to our, her comms team being so responsive to getting this up. Make sure that you vote, y'all. If you're in Florida, listen. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. If if you think that uh, you shouldn't be voting, I mean, that, that boy, the Sanders, he a wild boy. You need to, y'all, got to get him up out of office. I don't know. And I and I've, <laughs> I don't. I'm know. just literally, he's so unhinged truly and just insane. Uh, and he's continue to grow and build a foothold um, with other white supremacist uh, groups and voting bases. So it, it's important, right? Um, remember, he they barely won against Andrew Gillum. They had to damn near steal the election, all that gerrymandering they did, and they barely won. So, you know, I, I can't imagine if I was a Floridian right now, like I voted last time and, they, and oh man, that would be tough. That would be tough. So I know I'm not, I'm not trying to be flippant when I encourage folks to vote. Again, I'm saying it's one of the most passive things you can do in this whole political process, but it is something you can do. And so I hope that you take the time to do that. Make sure you click the links in the show notes, Show notes. learn more about Nikki Free and her platform. And I uh, make sure you get out there, man. August, uh, y'all, not man. Make sure you get out there, y'all. Uh, August 23rd. And then again in November, all right? Till next time, y'all. It's been Zach Beliver Corporate. Peace.
2: Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for musical elevation. Post production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? email us at livingcorporatepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.
1: Living Corporate is brought to you by Textio. Today's top talent is everywhere, representing everyone, and our work environment should reflect the level of inclusion to meet that standard. Textio achieves this in building more equitable company cultures through the language we use in our job postings. That culture is formed one hire at a time, making the words we use to reach more diverse candidates all the more important. Our advanced language insights and employer brand content is what drives our mission of inclusion. Through our industry-leading application of artificial intelligence and machine learning, we're able to widen companies' reach in finding and building upon the very diverse talent that empowers a culture of belonging. Every door
3: should be open to every qualified job seeker. Again. That's text, yo.